Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you are looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them as a, as a small business, but small enough to deliver their service in a personal way, I think Renaissance is your best choice. I know that from my own personal experience, folks. So if you're looking to quit being mega banked, and you know what I mean by that, if you're at one of those banks, um, give Renaissance a call. Go to renaissancebank.com and find one of their local offices and give them a call. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And I want to welcome an old friend of the show, Andy Kalajan is with us. He is with Fort Leadership and Sales Consulting. Andy, welcome back. Good morning, John. It's just an absolute pleasure to be back with you again. Always great to be with you. Thank you for that. Um, Let's remind folks or introduce yourself to those that don't know you, uh, talk about how you're serving the market out there. Sure. Uh, so I'm Andy Clayton. It's Fort Leadership and Sales Consulting, and uh, we create healthy corporate cultures one character at a time. And the way we do that is we conduct leadership development courses for both professional individuals and for corporate executive teams. Mm. And uh, that's how we serve. We serve to uh, to get inside corporations and help people become the best teams that they can be and work together as teams. Um, and so it helps with uh, retention and it helps with uh, engagement mm-hmm. and, uh, and customer experience and, you know, actually – you know, helps at the top line revenue. Yeah. I was going to say all that flows into the bottom line, but top line, bottom line is all, it's all, it's all related, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, for sure. So let's talk about the problem first, Andy, Sure. and what, what you're seeing out there in terms of the problem of disengaged employees or employees that don't want to come back to work, quote unquote, um, or don't want to come back to the office, uh, uh, what have you. Talk, talk about then quite, we've got quiet quitting. We've got, you know, the great resignation. I mean, we've got, we got a whole ter- plethora of yeah. things going on there. <laughs> we've got yeah. term after term after term. Yeah. yeah. Um, but talk about what the reality of all that is yeah. in your mind. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's fascinating, right? It's kind of a sociology uh, course in a sense uh, mm-hmm. what we're living in right now, post COVID. Um, we're really living through about four different generations of people that are working together. Now, what do I mean by that? That lens of the four generations, we have the the baby boomers, right, which I'm a part of at mm-hmm. the end of that, but that's those from 1946 to 1964. Mm. Those are the people that uh, were born right after World War II. Mm-hmm. And then from 1965 to 1982, we have the busters, the generation busters. That's Generation X. And they call them busters. It's kind of interesting. They're busters because in 1973 was really the prevalence of birth control. And so where we had the boom right after World War II, we sort of had the bust because um, birth control became widely available to to people. 
So that's uh, up till 82. From 82 until um, the year 2000, those are our millennials. Mm -hmm. And that's Generation Y. So we have the boomers, we have Generation X, then Generation Y, which is the millennials. Um, Interesting statistic about the millennials. In three years, this is uh, Bureau of Labor and Statistics. In three years, um, the millennials are comprised 75% of our workforce. Mm. So those people today in 2022, they're about the age of 25, 26 years old mm-hmm. at, at the young age of those millennials. And the upper age of those millennials right now are 40, 41, 42 years old. Mm-hmm. And then beyond the millennials, um, after 2001 to 2020 right now, we're looking at Generation Z. And there's a whole another batch of, of folks there that are really kind of coming through college. Um, they're, they're looking for their first jobs, the front end of that group. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so they add to the mixes. They're entering the workforce uh, post-high school graduation, post-college graduation. So these four generations, the boomers, the busters, um, the millennials, and Gen Z are all in this kind of soup together, if you will. We all look at life differently. Right. And as a result, we all take what we know and our fears and our hopes and our dreams, and we need to work together in a corporation to get the desired results for, for not only our employers, but for the customers that we're serving. Yeah. And I mean, you- those you're talking about quite a mix there. And I know it's different for each company and each team, even within a company. Um, what's the impact of all those generations coming together in the way they are in the workplace? Well, and, and, and that's another great, uh, question. So, so, um, one of the things, and this comes from Tim Elmore in his new book called The New Kind of Diversity, but Tim writes in his book, and he's really uh, uh, been talking about this stuff for a good 30, almost 40 years, but Tim's been talking that you know the, the young people are taking longer to grow up. Mm-hmm. Middle-aged people are taking longer to retire, yeah. and the elderly are taking longer to leave the planet. So everybody's still working. Everybody's hanging around. Everybody's hanging around. And so because of that, there puts additional stresses on an organization. How do you manage? How do you lead competing views, work ethics, fears, um, challenges, communication? Mm-hmm. Um, how, do you, how do you get them all to work as a team when they come with varying degrees of insight? So that's part of it. So there's an interesting um, uh, study that Paul... Taylor did with Pew Research, and he says that, um, you know, as a people, as a culture, we're getting older. Um, We are more unequal. We are more diverse. Um, We are um, uh, more racially mixed. Mm -hmm. We are more digitally um, inclined. We're more digitally connected. But in addition, we're also less married. We're having fewer children. And we are less confident, right? Right. So, right. so all given these, the times we're in, given the times that we're in. Right. So, with all these things going on, yeah, um, and all this baggage that we're bringing into the table, it makes it very difficult in a work environment for everybody to work cohesively. And, and what that requires is is leadership, right? right? It's the leader's responsibility to bring all that to fruition, um, so that they can get the desired results and again enhance customer experience. Yeah, and. That is, that's challenging when uh, 
you are a company that maybe you have uh, done a lot of layoffs. You've done a lot of um, restructurings. You've done a lot of uh, you've you've created a lot of that change on your own, and maybe you've created a a um, situation in your workplace that uh, we're, we're talking about less confident, less trusting, where those employees um, maybe are looking at at you a little askance to begin with. Right, right, absolutely. So, and the millennials are kind of like a, a big part of it, right? Because as I mentioned earlier, you know, they're going to be 75% of the, of the workforce. Mm-hmm. So as they're coming into this, um, the millennials are, um, they've got some challenges going on, right? They kind of feel like, hey, we we're owed this, right? We come out of school and we've been kind of told that, that we're special. Uh, they're kind of told that, you know, if we show up, it, it's all going to work out. They right. expect to achieve. They expect to achieve quickly mm-hmm. um, because there's um, this expectation of an instantaneous sort of society, right? That things just happen quickly. And so they're getting into the workforce and they're finding it very difficult to um, to achieve their goals um, where, they, where the older, the boomer would say, hey, this is a long, arduous, meandering process to become successful, um, the boomers looking to be impactful right now, and when they are not, and they don't feel like they're being impactful right now, they're sort of backing away from the table and going, "I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I think I may look for something else to do." Mm-hmm. And and really, what they need to, what needs to happen is management or leadership needs to come alongside them, listen to them empathetically, right, um, and and encourage them and coach them along. And and there's there's a Big reason for this, we we um, for millennia back in our generation, back let's say in the boomers' generation, everybody, not everybody, but most people went to church. They got they got their meaning and they got um, their purpose from going to church. They got community from their neighborhood. They knew their neighbors. They barbecued with them. They they were in bowling leagues with them. They were friends with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they so they got their sense of community from that. Um, the millennials today, they're, they're going into their companies looking for a sense of meaning and purpose because they're not going to church. They're, they're not in a, rig, uh, a religious affiliation. They may not have even grown up with it. So they're looking for meaning and purpose for, uh, from their work. And that makes it extremely difficult for the employer today then to, to, to be aware of that and then to be able to provide that. Millennials are looking for community. From their work, they're looking for their. Uh, geez, after COVID, they're even looking for therapy at their work. Sometimes mm. I just heard something on the news the other day. We're in college. This is Generation Z. The college kids are saying, "I know you guys are stressed over midterms. Different kind of midterms, um, right? College midterms. Right. Get a cat. Put a cat in your lap and yeah. study with a cat." Mm. That wasn't something we would have grown up with, but the stress that they're encumbering in 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 these generations now. They're, they're bringing that need for comfort, for safety into the workplace, and mm-hmm. it's up to the leadership to be able to understand that, be able to draw that out from them, and then get them in an environment where they feel like they can, they can bring their best self. Because I'll tell you this about millennials. They are very talented. They are very bright. They are hardworking. But as leaders, as coaches, as mentors to them in the organization, it's really incumbent on us to draw that out of them because otherwise we're losing them 
and they're not engaged, and then they go somewhere else. You know, uh, what you're saying, I think, is fascinating to me because um, I don't know if you feel this way. For me, I get a little tired of people bashing millennials um, because I, I totally agree with you. Extraordinarily bright, um, hard-charging, when engaged, work extraordinarily hard. Uh, I think that's true for all ages, though. I mean, you know, if you're not engaged, you're not going to work hard. You know, I think that's true for all ages. Um, um, and I, I see that. In, in, but you're, you're not bashing that generation. You're just saying, hey, there, a lot of that generation is just not plugged in in the way they would like to be plugged in. That's exactly right. Does that make, is that, That's exactly right. Okay. And it's really incumbent on us as the leadership, as the boomers, let's just say, or the generation. It's up to the employer to reach out to them and, 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 to, and to coach them. You know, you, sometimes you see it in a, in a football game or maybe in springtime you see it in a basketball game where the, where the coach, you know, a player will be on the field and makes a bad play. And then the coach comes up to the, you know, the, the player goes off to the sideline and the coach will grab that that football player by the face mask and pull him in tight and, and kind of scold him. And you're looking at on their TV going, Oh my gosh. Right. Mm. Some people will rise to that occasion mm-hmm. and other players will come off the sideline and the coach will put his arm around him or pat him on the butt and say, don't worry, get him next time. It, you have to know your player and which ones you pull in by the face mask and kind of scold a little bit yeah. and which ones you have to put your arm around and pat them on the back and get, go back and get them next time. And it's up to us really to understand what makes them tick. And if we can do that, we can push the appropriate buttons to get them to, to, to engage. Yeah. This is such a great point because, um, um, I mean, it's, it's great to have, this lattice work of thinking about generations as, as kind of a backdrop. But if you focus too much on labeling people, um, you're going down the wrong path. Right. I mean, and that's what you just got through saying, which I think was so is so valuable is you've got to know your people. You absolutely have to take your name. Uh, you got to know your people and it takes time mm. and it takes effort you, you, you have to go in and do it. And that's why, you know, in my tagline, you know, creating healthy corporate cultures, one character at a time, mm. because we're dealing with the person as an individual, not as a group. They've all got their different things that they've gone through. You know, I was thinking about it earlier that, you know, the boomer, the big thing with the boomers, the thing that impacted us boomers, Vietnam and Watergate. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that impacted Generation X was the challenger. The things that impacted Generation Y and the millennials and why they're called the millennials, they came to age at nine eleven. Mm-hmm. And what's impacted Generation Z is COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, right. we're all taking those fears and we're all taking the, the impact of how that affected us and where we were in our life, whether we were adolescent, whether we were young adults and we were impressionable, or whether we were raising families. We all take those experiences into the workplace and we react to them differently. Right. Andy Collagian is with us, folks. He is founder, president of Fort Leadership and Sales Consulting. So what you're describing here, it seems to me, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you talk about working with teams, but 
you're what I think you're focused on too is just the leaders of those teams, right? It's it's not a, just about the team. This is about the leadership of that team and how they react to that that um, kaleidoscope of people that they have, right? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I, I came from the medical background, as you may recall, uh, I was in medical device sales and, you know, the surgeon would diagnose and then prescribe, mm-hmm. you know, um, in, in Stephen Covey's Seven Habits, you first seek to understand, then to be understood. So it's really incumbent upon the leader to investigate, to, to understand, you know, to sit down with their people one by one and, and get to know them as a person. Um, what do they hope for? What do they expect? Um, I've, I've even heard of situations where millennials are taking their budget. I'm mean, not millennials. Oh yeah. Millennials are taking their budget. They're like their household budget or their personal individual budget into their boss and going, I'm a little underwater. Can you help me work out a budget? I would have never done that, yeah. you know, but, but, but the leader in this particular high performing sales organization. And if I told you the name, you would recognize it, go, we get it all the time. We get it all the time where these young people, and and I say young people, 30 years old, 32 mm-hmm. years old are coming in saying, I'm making some money now, but it seems like I'm not keeping it. What do I need to do? And, and as the manager, they can't just put them off they, because this person's asking for like, counseling, I guess, in a sense, financial counseling. And they're coming into their boss and he goes, it happens more often than you know. Wow. uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's that's quite a story. I want to get to, I could uh, listen to you for a long time talking about some of these issues, but I want to get to how you serve and how you, um, when you enter the picture with a corporate team or someone that hires you, um, and how you help address some of these issues. So let's talk about the, you're the surgeon. Let's talk about the prescription, uh, Dr. Kalajian. Right. Uh, so how, how, what are the first steps? I mean, you know, someone that listens to this interview and says, Hey, I want to hire Andy. What happens? I mean, you have a conversation, initial conversation, what happens? Yeah, so we have an initial di- uh, conversation, and it's sort of a diagnostic, right? So mm-hmm. we'll go through, um, you know, what's going on in your organization? What are you experiencing? Our lack of engagement, lack of uh, retention. Um, sometimes what, what we hear, and we've heard a lot of this lately, right? During COVID, there are companies out there that did a lot of mergers and acquisitions. And so they're like, okay, so we're bringing our teams all back. We've got disparate teams from different places around the country that we've recently bought and we need to merge them uh, together and bring everybody together now some people are different parts of the country they're in different uh, you know this particular one i'm thinking about one they had a company in mexico they bought they had a company in in canada Mm -hmm. so it's an international firm and they're trying to blend i use the word integrate uh, because it comes from the word integrity but they're trying to integrate their company Mm -hmm. and get everybody together so that everybody has the same corporate character if you will the same corporate culture and so i go in and i try to diagnose a little bit about what's going on what what are you feeling you know we're you know we're not getting the engagement we're missing deadlines uh customer um experience reports are coming back negative we're flatlining on revenue whatever the sort of situations are we're having you know we're, we're having disagreements we're having um 
you know, sort of siloed. You, you see the young and you see the old and they're not working. They're not communicating together. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're missing deadlines. So you, you got to go, go in and you sort of say what's going on in, in your high level view. And then I start going to the, the executives. Once we get engaged, we have an engagement order. And then I go start meeting with the, um, with the leadership team individually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and start, Tell me what's going on in your organization. And then is there anybody that I can meet in your organization that we can hear? And it's interesting. Oftentimes they won't tell their boss mm. exactly what's going on because yeah. they're they're afraid of conflict. That's another part of the millennial generation. They don't really like conflict too much. Um I think a lot of people are afraid of like getting canceled and they get canceled because they don't like conflict. Right. And so part of that is is I get to hear things that the boss or the manager wouldn't get to hear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you develop that, that confidentiality and then you can kind of put together what the puzzle looks like. Once we do the diagnosis, right. Then we bring them in for a curriculum for a leadership curriculum. And first what we'll do is we'll sit down with eight or 10 of the executive leadership team um, in a, in a board room table. Mm -hmm. And I take them through a 10 week curriculum um, for about an hour and a half, two hours, uh, once a week. And we just have conversations, not about, you know, about this client or about this project necessarily, but just about perspective and management, leadership, you know, and perspective. Um, and we have conversations around that. And I just facilitate the conversation. And I get to call people out a little bit and hold them accountable. I, I get to ask for clarity. Um, oftentimes the boss is getting, you know, a little bit of a, no one wants to say too much or rock the boat. (laughs) So I get to, I get to kind of poke a little bit harder than somebody else may get to because there's internal politics and grapevine and that sort of thing. So, um, it, it, it gives me the opportunity to kind of leverage and uncover things and pick up rocks and find where the problems are. And then it's all there for all of us to kind of look around and, uh, they come up with the solutions themselves. I'm just really kind of facilitating that discussion. So it's not necessarily them say, well, what you need to do is this, like you might get from an Accenture or KPMG or a BDO or somebody like that. But the conversations that we have elicit, you know, uncovers the problems. And then as a, as an organization, they're able to cobble together, Hey, what's the best solution for them? So the team has the solutions already. They already have the answer. It's just a matter of letting, getting that up on the table. Exactly. In a freely, um, a free discussion. Exactly. Creating an environment where they can actually sort of brainstorm, if you will, or mastermind the solutions to their problems. So I don't need that 250 page report from a big three consulting firm that I'm never going to read. Is well, that, is you that know, what you're saying? I mean, I don't know if you're a Home Depot, that's a little bit over my head or a, not to pick on Home Depot or Delta or any of those, right. those companies, but yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I had, that's okay. Sorry for going there. Um, <laughs> What you're suggesting, Andy, is you're requiring um, uh, the leaders of teams, they can't just hire you and sit in the back of the room on their computer. No, and, sir. And, and that's that's not the way this works. No, it's about me engaging them, right? And being engaging and asking a lot of questions. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So I would love it maybe, Andy, if you could share a success story, you know, a, a situation you've been involved in that that you've really guided 
folks to transformation? Yeah. So, um, well, this one, it's one of my favorite ones because it's kind of a, it's kind of cool. There, there was an organization that I met, um, and they're a staff of engineers and they're, um, up in New Jersey mm-hmm. in, in Cranberry, New Jersey. And, uh, this organization, they do rapid prototyping for the department of defense mm. and NASA and, and medical device robotics. And so I got connected with them on the medical device end and uh, I was talking to one of the young men over there. His name is James. And I said, so James, what did you do before you did this? And he goes, well, he says, I did uh, uh, GPS systems. I'm like, you know, like for automobiles, like what, what company would that be for? And he goes, oh, no, 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 not for cars. I did it for rockets. I said, you did like guidance systems for rockets? Mm. He's like, yeah, that's what I do. And uh, I said, well, where do these launch from? I'm thinking Nevada, Wyoming, something like that. He goes, oh, from submarines. I'm going, you do missile guidance systems for for rockets and launching from submarines? He goes, yeah, that's what I do. And very, you know, 25, 26-year-old young man, Mm -hmm. Rutgers University, Mm -hmm. engineering, you know, electrical engineering, an MBA, right? And Mm -hmm. it was kind of funny. He was so nonchalant about it. You know, I, I, (laughs) I teased that, you know, fish don't know fish are wet. Right. Because mm-hmm. they're all in the environment. That's what he does. And that's what he's always done. You know, he's only 25, 26, 27 years old. He's 26. Um, but but that James, everybody he knows, that's what they do. So this organization, um, you know, reached out to me. We got connected. We talked about it. We we went through this curriculum. They said, you know, we've got a bunch of 26 year old millennials and I don't know what to do. And And, and the guy that that is running the business, uh, founded the business, um, he's 45 years old. And he's like, I just don't get them. I don't understand it. You know, I think we've got a great organization. We got some great contracts with the DOD and NASA, but I just feel like I don't have a handle on how to how to get these guys motivated. And they seem like, you know, he, he, he you know, that they weren't engaged and they're self entitled and all this right. negative stuff that you you hear all the time. And he's sure. like, help me to understand this, right? So um, I said, well, let me let me talk to your executive leadership team. So he did, and they contracted with me and we sat and we went through this leadership development curriculum for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end of the eight weeks, I said, uh, you know, what was your favorite part? And uh, my favorite part was about character development. And he goes, he says, you know, Andy, these were all really good sessions we had, but what was really the best part about it for us as a, as an executive leadership team is that we had a situation where one of our engineers was going to go and he was a highly high-performing guy, but he was toxic in our culture. And he was going to leave, and he was going to take three other people with him. Mm. And he got them all ginned up about, you know, what's not right about the organization. And he says, as a leadership organization, as the executive leadership team was encountering this turbulent situation that was rippling through their organization of 26 other engineers uh, with this one, if you will, bad apple, Mm -hmm. um, they were able to navigate those turbulent waters. They had to let the the young person go that was the bad apple, but they were able to uh, retain the other three. And everybody in the organization felt safe. Everybody felt included. Everybody Mm. felt like they were making an impact, Mm -hmm. but that they were able to get through these turbulent waters and not lose anybody else. And everybody was happy. And the the disturbance that was in the organization went away. The interesting thing about that to me is there's not a particular part of the curriculum that directly addresses that situation. Yeah. But it was the... It was the discussion with the executive leadership team 
um, for those eight to 10 weeks to understand each other and their perspective on how to lead and how to develop and what's going on and good communication skills between each, uh, everybody's learning. Okay. This is what Bill says. This is what Caitlin says. Mm -hmm. Um, this is what Ryan thinks. Um, they, they learned so much about each other through this process that they were able to cohesively lead their group to the team. Wow. Great work from Andy Collision. Andy is founder and president of Fort Leadership and Sales Consulting. You know, it occurs to me, hearing you describe that story, is um, maybe it's just that we are, as a society, um, not just big companies, not just small companies, just, just in the business world, we're so focused on productivity and output and um, numbers that we don't stop to take this time to like know each other. I mean, th- this is like pretty basic stuff you're talking about, really. It is. It, it is, isn't it? It yeah. absolutely is. Yeah. So there's a great book out there, and you know, I love to read. I, yeah. I, Charlie Tremendous Jones says, uh, "Readers are leaders, and leaders are readers." And so I've been a voracious leader since I was 17 years old. My mom handed me How to Win Friends and Influence People. But there's a great book out there called Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman mm-hmm. in 1995, and he's the one that kind of coined the whole phrase. EQ. So um, terrific book. Um, Harvard Business Review was was kind of given a, uh, an abstract of, of the book. And um, in that book, Daniel Goleman says there are really three things um, that make for the, the best leaders, the greatest leaders. There are just three things. Mm-hmm. He describes it in three different buckets. One is attitude. One is skills. And one is knowledge, attitude, skills, and knowledge. It spells the word ask, which makes it easy to remember that, right? Mm -hmm. He says that when you look at the top leaders, skills provide 20% of their success. Knowledge provides 20% of the great leader's success. 60% of the success of leaders is attributed to attitude. Mm. It's the and the attitude, the way he describes it, is really, um, it, it's really those soft skills, mm-hmm. right? It's not right. what to do and how to do it. That's knowledge and skills, but it's it's the ability to get along with other people and yeah. to help understand what makes them tick, and then get them to work in a team, in in a functional team that provides the greatest output. And it's interesting too, John, I think real quick is to say, you know, for people out there, you got, you get skills and knowledge and you make a certain level of income. And then you maybe turn to your spouse and say, Hey, you got skills and knowledge. You ought to go to work and bring in some income too. And then you get to thinking, you know what, if I had more skills and knowledge, I could even bring in more income. So what do you do? You go out and you get your MBA, you get a second degree, uh, maybe you get some additional certifications, Mm -hmm. right? Right. But really when it comes right down to it, the success that a person has is 60% more attributable to their soft skills, their ability to get along with other people and to Mm -hmm. lead other people. Mm -hmm. So it goes right to your point, right? That it's really about taking the time to get to know the other person, find out what makes them tick, and then see what you can do to help come alongside them and elevate their game. Well, it wasn't a great point I made. It was just listening to what you said, Andy. <laughs> so thank you for that. Andy Collegian, folks, Fort Leadership and Sales Consulting. Andy, this has been great. I could keep talking, but uh, we need to let you go and keep uh, let you go serve uh, 
serve some folks out there. So let's give folks directions on how they can find you. Sure. That'd be great. Well, you can, you can get to my website and that would be www.fortleadership. That's F-O-R-T leadership, all one word, www.fortleadership.com. Or you can go to uh, my LinkedIn. Um, again, that's wwwlinkedin or I'm sorry, uh, forward slash in, forward slash Andy Collagen. And that is spelled K-A-L-A-J-I-A-N, Andy Collagen, all one word. So www.linkedin, forward slash in, forward slash Andy Collagen. Or you can reach me at my cell phone. I will pick up the phone. And that number is 770-597-9005. Andy Collegian from Fort Leadership and Sales Consulting. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a doggone good pleasure to be on your show, John. Thank you so very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, folks, just a thought for you. We've been talking about teams and team building. Here's an idea about team building that is fun and does not involve mosquitoes, broken ankles, and tromping through the wilderness. That appeals to me, and I know it appeals to you. And I went through one of these uh, team building activities. Oh, uh, maybe four weeks ago. And it's fantastic. And I'm talking about ANS culinary concepts. Yes. They're an award-winning culinary studio and yes, they do great corporate catering, but they also do corporate team building events and executive chef, Andrew Traub and his team, they, um, work with your team and they make sure that it all turns out right. You get to, uh, cut vegetables and meat and season meat and, and put it all together. Um, and then you get to sit down and enjoy it together. And, uh, it's so much fun. And, um, you're talking about way to get to know people. Um, that's a great way to get to know folks. So if you're looking for that, uh, something different for your team, give Andrew a call 678-336-9196 or go to asculinaryconcepts.com. And I think you'll be really delighted to have, to, uh, to have done that. And folks, just a uh, reminder, North Fulton Business Radio is on all the major podcast apps. North Fulton Business Radio is the search term. If you're not already a subscriber, we'd be honored if you would uh, subscribe to the show. And please share the show. Um, we would be particularly grateful if you would do that. If you have heard something here today, and I can't imagine that you haven't, that you think would be good for others to hear, please share the show. Um, we're all about celebrating the great work of business leaders in our community like Andy who do great work and they deserve to be found. So if you could help us help them, we would appreciate it. So for my guest, Andy Collegian, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.